This is Pod With Me. I am very excited for today's show. We have Alexis Reyes, psychic, medium, and life coach. And boy, does she have a story to tell us. And answers as well. Get ready, because the pod starts now. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's yeah. go. Are you ready to pod? Hey, let's go. Are you all ready to hear? Let's, let's, let's talk, talk, talk. Right. Let's go. Are you ready to pod? Alex J. I. Here. Alex. Are you ready to pod? Hey, 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 are you all ready? We are ready. Let's get to it. Ready. Testing. One, two, three. One, two, three. Oh. You, do, you did it again? Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this special edition of Pod With Me. I call it special edition because we have a very special guest. Do you believe in psychics? If you don't, you will after this episode. And I know many do believe in psychics because we got so many calls for our special guest Alexis Reyes today that we're going to later on in the show, you're going to get to hear your call and her answer. I'm so excited for that portion of the show. But now I'm also excited because we're going to get to know how it all began for Alexis. All right, Alexis, for those, I know many of them do, but for those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a psychic, um, also media, uh, and I've uh, been psychic since the age of four. I had surgery, and um, when I came back from the surgery, I flatlined, and um, I came back with seizures and this gift, and I've been doing this ever since. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. So what type of surgery did you have? I was um, born uh, stuck with my my left um, ear stuck to my artery vein. So when I had surgery to dislocate that so I can look kind of normal, as you can see, um well you look like nothing well because good. i have a great doctor absolutely yeah you're great <laughs> and um after when when i came i i was told i flatlined and i came back with grandma seizures they're called grandma seizures and uh this gift and it started at the age of four at the age of four so what are grandma seizures what grandma what? seizures are like epileptic seizures okay. um you don't fall or foam from the mouth. You pretty much just zoom out, but it's kind of like a detachment of your brain cells. And um, they don't. They say scientifically that it was a lack of oxygen that I received in the surgery. Um, but I also came back with this gift, so I don't know if it's a lack of. Now, when when that happened, that you were in the hospital and you had the surgery, did did anything? Do you remember anything in that moment, or? You know, a lot of people ask me that, and I'll tell you what I do remember. I only remember white hair, but I don't know if it was white hair because there was a light in front of me because of the surgery, or was it because there was physically a light, but it looked like white hair for some reason. That's how I think. And the next thing I remember, I opened my eyes, and I was um, actually eating one of those pops, those frozen pops. That's the only thing I remember after that. And I remember things got really weird after because I started thinking that I was um, good at uh, guessing. Wow. Yeah. And and right before we get into that, the white hair, has anybody um, actually spoken about the white hair? No, I try not to read too much on spirituality or past lives, and I'll tell you why. Um, everybody has an opinion on that, and everybody's their own world. So I think that we create our own destiny as well as we create our own heaven. Um, I'm sure there is similarities, but um, I don't go by the books. Got it. I really Got don't. It. Okay, so we're at age four. You come back from surgery. Mm-hmm. And what was your first experience as far as seeing that there might be something there that you've oh. discovered? Um, it started probably about nine to 
10 months after when I first started school, uh, I went to a school called Savinia Heights Elementary. And um, there was a P teacher there. That's here in Miami? That's here in Miami. Okay. And uh, there was a P teacher there. And um, I had no idea that he was married to one of the teachers. But I also envisioned him with another teacher. So I told um, my teacher, which happened to be his wife, that I kept on seeing him with that teacher. Well, that happened. Okay, so you knew they were having something? Yeah, and um, I didn't know what they were having because I was so young. I didn't know what that meant or what it was. And who did you say this to? I said this to the teacher, and she um, got offended. Wow. And um, then I would just say little things, and here and there, and I was sent to the principal's office. There was a bunch of little things that happened uh, that I knew about. Um, from there, I was, uh, given some tests by the University of Miami at the time. And then, so, oh, so let's back up. Okay. So you're having all these experiences. You're saying things that you don't, you don't know that you, you're thinking, wow, you know, you're good at discussing. You had no right. idea this was a special gift yet. No, I didn't. Okay. I did not. And I was, it was always very hush hush with my mother. She didn't want to talk about this. She didn't want anybody to know about this because, I mean, she thought this was something negative in a way. So she was a, she was very religious? Uh, not really religious, but um, it was just our, my mother's background. She was a very, um, I want to say, prestige kind of woman. She didn't want to talk about this or that her child could have any kind of abilities or anything like that. And um, so she didn't. But I kept on doing this and I kept on guessing. Like, I thought I was guessing. So they had told her that they should have me checked by a neurologist. God, is there anything you told your mom that made her see that this is really real? That, wow, that, you know. I think things that she saw me say. Okay. That she knew that this was not just me guessing. And I think that she knew it since the get-go. I think she honestly knew that I had something. I just think she didn't want to accept it. Got it. So, so yeah. she And... She didn't want to accept it, but she did allow for you to go to, uh, for them to test you. Yes, because the reason why she allowed that was because of my seizures. Since everything combines with neurology, um, mm-hmm. she did want that. And when I had my testing done for ESP, is what they call it, um, I had a really high, um, one of the highest um, volumes of ESP. Wow. Or do they do these type of testing? They did, well, may, they did my test. I think it was in the University of Miami. I must have been like around five, five and a half. Wow, that young? Yeah. Uh, it was a bunch of cards and the cards have something different in the back. I had no idea what I was guessing, but I guessed them. Wow. So that's how it all starts. Um, then from there, um, I had this all my life. So I've been, what I thought was guessing, I've been doing this since that age. And it just remotely grew more. Okay, you know? so after the test, what was the determination? That was very, um, I, I want to say, private with my mother and this doctor. As you know, I was five. I couldn't. There wasn't much that I could know about this. I just knew they were doing this. They didn't want to tell you what the results were. Right. Okay. But, but I did, did you know what the results were? I found out through the res- with my sister. I, I heard her talking with a friend and, and going back and forth and saying, you know, well, Alexis has this, and they said she had one of the highest. Uh, and how old were you? You were five or six. At I was like five or six. And six. when you heard this from your sister, what? How did you feel at that moment? What? What were your thoughts? I thought I was weird. I thought that I was like a, some kind of a mutant or something, or or there was something wrong with me. So I myself tried to stop myself from guessing, but it didn't work. Wow. So you wanted to, you wanted to stop. So yeah. when you guessed, did you try to, you stopped yourself from saying it or? I tried from saying it, but I also tried from not 
thinking it, it would just pop to my mind. I couldn't stop that. I couldn't stop the popping things in my mind. Why do I see this? Am I crazy? Is and, the, right? and the more you blocked it, the worse it got? No, it, it kept on. It was, this has been something that I haven't been able to channel out. You know, I learned how to deal with it now that I'm older. But I mean, as a child, do you feel completely crazy? As and what psychic? type of stuff do you see? Do you see is as your... You're a medium, right? Correct. I'm a medium, mm -hmm. and I'm also a psychic. So I see things out of the blue. I could be talking to you, and I can see something there. Or I could be talking to somebody, and I can hear something. Yeah. It all depends. Um, I have seen um, entities. Um, and just for the record, I am totally afraid of them. Like, So I'm, you are? Yes, I am. I've met mediums that are not afraid of them. That no, they... I am afraid. Like, I am literally afraid. How of them. are you afraid? In, in what um, sense? It's just something that happens when I've seen them. I I get these goosebumps. I feel really cold and I get scared because I guess it's the unknown. Because um, it could be a, a negative enti entity. Is that? I mean, I don't. I don't know if it can be a negative one. I don't. I don't have you ever that. had like a, a negative? Yes. Um, but I think they're all the same feel for me. Like I start with getting like goosebumps in my body. Even, really even if they're good. Even if they're yes, good. Yes. Even if they're good. You get. It's like I feel like there's another presence. It's like another level of someone being around you got it so got it, it. it's and when you receive do you feel more comfortable after you start receiving the messages from that that person they'll come down a little bit some things i just it freaks me out because i'm thinking to myself oh my god i can't believe i'm in this situation you know so those are things that into this day still kind of like shock me what's your most memorable encounter my what? most memorable encounter it would probably have to be um I've had two. When um, my dad passed away, um, there was this, I wasn't able to go to the funeral. Um, so there was this woman there and um, she was black. I'll never forget it. And heavy set woman. And I remember this woman came to me and told me, um, you know, you can come in and you can see him now. I know he's your father because you have his eyes. Uh, and I asked her, who was she? And she told me she was um, the embalmer. She worked there in the funeral. She's, each, at the time, she told me she worked there. She was black. She spoke only English. And um, she was a heavyset black woman. Um, so I went ahead and I um, saw my father, you know, right being, in front of you. being buried in front of me because um, everyone had left. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to go to the funeral. For reasons I don't want to get into now, but it was something yeah. of a family kind of thing. Got it. And um, I saw him. Uh, years later, this came into my mind. Um, and I went back. I went back and I asked for my father's records. Well, my father wasn't embalmed by a woman. He was embalmed by a man. Wow. Yeah. So the lady that came up to you might was, have not been a real... Uh, no, she wasn't. Uh, she couldn't have been. There wow. was no way, because when I went to them, I went personally. He was um, embalmed at Bernardo Garcia mm -hmm. on 40th, and I went there, and yeah. uh, they gave me his records, and he was actually embalmed by a man. And the guy told me that there was never, they have never had a woman that's been an embalmer. So her message, what do you think her message was when she her, came to you? I but... think that her message, it wasn't a message. I just think she was allowing me to see my father in his last. Like you, it, like you should, like you yeah. should go. He never saw her again. I never saw her again. Um, but... I keep on seeing this black woman sometimes, you know, and it doesn't look like her. It's just, you know, it's her, but it, it, it's like, it's a, like a, another form in fashion. And for me, I've always, when I was young, um, for me, the one that I looked up to, it wasn't the, the Cindy Crawford. It wasn't the Claudia Shefford, you know, cause I'm from, you know, the late eighties, nineties child. Yeah. For me, it was Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. She gave me 
sense of home, sense of feel. So I think like what I said in the beginning, we kind of uh, do our own destiny and our own heaven. So you attracted an Oprah Winfrey lookalike. I guess something or she like came that. in that form. She came in that form because she knows that I would be more comfortable with it. And that's how I say it. What that's why I say that we create kind of like our own heaven. So that allowed me to believe even more. Um, it's just it's one thing after the other with this gift because it's it's a blessing in a sense, but what people don't see are behind the scenes. Um with the readings. That's another thing. People think that you sit down in a in a room and just do a reading. Readings is like running around three or four laps in a school. You, you, I leave so drained, and sometimes mm. I'll do sixteen a day. But you love it. You love. I do, do it love you it. People. I do love it. It's my high. It's what makes me feel good. It's what makes me feel great. You it know, it gives I'm, you your purpose. It does. It gives me my purpose, and it also it it gives me a high to know that I was able to help somebody or change someone's life or or view on life in general by something i said so it's something i take very serious which i think sometimes that is also my downfall it's so nice to have you here alexis and later on the pod we got so many calls from all of you asking alexis questions that she's gonna answer some of them and she's gonna tell us her story on how she lived in a cemetery don't fall off the pod aja is doing something special for the holidays we are producing a Christmas greeting video and you will be able to give it to that special someone on Christmas morning. Record your greeting with family and friends. Send us a link to the video in order for us to download it. Fill out the form and make sure to add the link of the greeting you record. And right there you can also upload fun pictures of the person receiving the gift. Then AJA will produce it with lots of love. On Christmas morning, he or she will receive the video on a downloadable link via text and email. They will feel special and it's a great start to the holiday. <laughs> Go to ajacreativemedia.com and purchase a Christmas morning greeting for that special someone. Okay, so let's go back to uh, your story. You felt uh, suppressed all that time. So when was the moment where you realized you needed to make a move change not feel suppressed yes i was 13 years old um well my mother um being from cuba and very traditional um she had a different view on what or who i was supposed to be in life so she decided that i needed to go out to the world and experience on my own so literally i don't want to use the word kicking out because we're in a better um phase of our lives with one another but yes um i had to move on with my life at 13 okay so i think this is when this gift became handy that's when i started learning about patterns in life god only gives you what you need so you had to leave your house to learn all this and, and make it through yes so how hard was that and what did you go through exactly um, well i left my house i didn't know where to go i was very young uh and i went to a cemetery and i stayed there uh they let you stay there they didn't let me stay there i would sneak in I would, I so in I order was, to have a place to stay, you would sneak into the cemetery. Right. And I would go into the janitor's office and I would, you know, break in and stay there. And out of all the places, why the cemetery? Um, it was the only place that I could break into. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie. There wasn't, it was open, you know, there was shelter there. And, you know, it was the early, it was in the 80s and it was, it was a scary situation for me, but I didn't feel afraid because I felt like some kind of sheltered. 
So, so you felt you had somewhere to go at least. I did. I felt I did have somewhere to go. I was just that child that couldn't go to parties or couldn't go out or uh, didn't have a yearbook picture because I didn't have the money. Um, I didn't have my parents. I didn't have that. You know, okay. I was on my own trying to figure my life out. So you left home, snuck into a cemetery, lived there for how long? I lived there until I was like, um, want to say like 16, 17. From 13 to 16 to 17. Yeah. And throughout those years, how, how would you shower? How would you? How would I shower? I, um, they had a huge um, place where you, um, I don't know what they washed in there. but um, The bodies? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> it was more like, um, I want to say like the grass cutting and, you know, maintenance. I would just shower there and I would, you know, unfortunately do what I can. I yeah. I would, you know, back in the 80s, there wasn't much of a drying machine. There was always these little um, clothes that they would uh, put outside to dry up, and I would steal those. So you would hang it? Oh, you would steal those. Oh, kind of like window shopping. You were backyard shopping. Yes, I was backyard (laughs) shopping. I would do that, and uh, I would, um, back in the days, there was this place called Cides. I remember that I would buy an Icy back in the day, and it was 75 cents. So I would drink the icy and I would walk around the whole store and I would try to like shoplift like candy because I was hungry. I didn't know what, I didn't have any food. Did you have friends that you would go over and I eat and stuff? I had friends that I would go over, but I was so afraid of them asking questions because I didn't, I never wanted to make my family look bad. So I was like, I was like, I'm not going to say anything. So now, and throughout those years, your mom never contacted you or no. tried to, con- no. no, nobody in the family, not your sister. Nobody tried to contact you. No one did. Wow. Or they didn't know where you were. It was easy to find me. I was still in school. Okay. So, but no one wanted to see how you were doing. Nothing. Are you still in contact with them now? I do talk to them now and I'm very close and I do love them. I have. Did they bring that up anytime you guys had closure Um, with that? I did. Excuse me. I did once with my mother. Um, She did um, apologize to me and ask me. And, you know, it's in the past. I'm so glad you guys were able to make amends. So when we come back, we're going to continue with this incredible story. And we're also going to take one of the many messages that were left for Alexis. Alexis, you got so many messages. Don't fall off the pod. Looking for a job or new customers? You need Biopodme. Biopodme is a short, one-minute TV-style promo that's created by experienced television producers. This demo reel will feature career highlights, background, goals, hobbies, communication skills, and more, all in a one-minute spot. How can anyone pass up on you or business? Get that job now. Biopodme. Stand out from the rest. Get your Biopod now at ajacreativemedia.com. That's ajacreativemedia.com. Welcome back to Pod With Me. We're here with Alexis Reyes, psychic medium and life coach. And we're listening to her incredible, incredible journey in this thing we call life. So we left off where you made amends with your mom after three years uh, of you living in the cemetery that they never came to look for you. Uh, you guys were able to, to get past it. It's in the past. Okay, you know, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't have happened. But I think if God never had given, if he had never given me this kind of gift, I don't know what I would have done because this gift, it was, it, it was. Well, maybe you, would, you wouldn't be in that situation uh, if you wouldn't have, if you, but Absolutely. at the same time, you've been able to help so many people through this time. So I think it, it's a balance. It is a balance, but it does affect you no matter what. Yeah. It really does. Um, you know, it's, it's. I lost a lot of childhood, you know, I've been working since the age of 13, I would work in a, in a, I remember I was washing dishes for $2 an hour, 
and you know I would tell them that I was 18 years old when I was really 13 and it, it was it was hard it was really hard and you know but somehow I made it and I think that I made it with the help of God and my gift I I was never abused I was never raped I never had it really bad in the streets like any other child did so I know there was something so you were me. you were protected I yeah by something someone but it wasn't somebody physical that's for sure maybe it was your Oprah lookalike maybe it could have been my Oprah lookalike but <laughs> it's you know it's it's something that did something that was there for me and i'm so blessed because this one woman again um when i was in the cemetery and um she gave me a job afterwards her name is alda frazier and uh she's jamaican but again in the shape of a black thick also no, it wasn't a real lady this one was a real lady alda frazier okay and she gave me a job at her store and uh, um she had a men's store and she would hire it was a, a men's store it was an all men's store it was called elegant man and she would hire pretty girls uh, in order for her to pick up her sales and she hired me and um, we became really close she kind of I would stay in her house and you know she would cook for me and do all those things and she told me one thing once she says people like you have a very nice fairy tale ending story and I didn't understand that at the time and um, she told me you won't end up this way you know at the time Madonna was really big and so was Oprah I worked with her until I was like about 18 or 19 years old and through there is where I started my young career as a model at the beginning of my um, career. It was I was doing a lot of modeling work. I was very tall and thankfully very good looking at the time. And you I still are. Well, thank you. Um, so I, I did a lot of that and that helped me um, get into a better line of um, lifestyle, I guess. Got it. It, it never popped your mind to open to be a, uh, to read people at that time? or I would do it regardless. I would do it for free. Got it. You know, and um, when was it that you said, oh, my goodness, I should be getting paid for this. Um, when did I do that? Um, actually, that happened many, 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 many years later. But a lot of people don't know is that um, a while back, um, I'm by the way, I'm married to an amazing man. Um, How many years? Is. I think we've been married. It was 24, 25 years now. Beautiful. It is. And I still in love with him, believe it or not. Um but he used to be one of the managers at a Blockbuster. Right beside it, there was um, a Starbucks. And I would sit there, wait for him until he finished work, and I would be there for hours reading people. Hold on, pause. I think we should both bark. So you could bark louder? Let's see who can then bark. Roo, roo, roo. <laughs> <laughs> With a dog next door barking. It's, I, but I like that. That's what This is what makes this authentic. Yep. This yep. is real. And um, that how it should be exactly all right so yeah i um would stay there for hours and read people all over the world and i was known so you were you were reading people but not charging not charging i did that for many years i did that probably since i was in my 21 until i was like 38 37 years old maybe it wasn't meant for you to charge these people they needed I to don't, hear it i mean i didn't think i needed to charge because at that point i was already working for the government and also doing this so you had a job you know, yeah i had a i had a professional job i would work for the government and uh, i was a bond specialist um and i would also um find um missing people or Let's talk about that so you had a famous case um i had two famous cases okay i had the jimmy rice case which was my first case um Back in the day, there was no internet or nothing like that. So that one didn't give me so much popularity. But my main case that really did help me um, uh, put my name out there was a girl from Art Basel that went missing in 2014. Oh, from Art Basel? Here. Yeah. 
when we come back, Alexis will tell us the story of the bill she found with the FBI. Absolutely. And we'll also play the messages so Alexis can answer them. Don't fall off the pod. Credit. AJA is doing something special for the holidays. We are producing a Christmas greeting video, and you will be able to give it to that special someone on Christmas morning. Record your greeting with family and friends. Send us a link to the video in order for us to download it. Fill out the form and make sure to add the link of the greeting you record. And right there, you can also upload fun pictures of the person receiving the gift. Then, AJA will produce it with lots of love. On Christmas morning, he or she will receive the video on a downloadable link via text and email. They will feel special, and it's a great start to the holiday. Go to AJACreativeMedia.com and purchase a Christmas morning greeting for that special someone. Welcome back to the pod. So we're speaking with Alexis Reyes and she's telling us now the moment she started working for the FBI and she found someone that went missing from Art Basel. Tell us about that story. Um, That story was rather interesting because I got a a lead from um, someone in the FBI whose name is Adiad and uh, I remember he contacted me. Um, for some reason, that was a really hard case to do because I, I, they couldn't match up what I was picking up from. Because one of the things that I said was, I see a cabbage patch. Um, I see the name James or Jamie and Lake Wales. Okay, but before that, um, they, 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 what information did they give you? They didn't give me any information. They just told me her name. They asked me if I needed any belongings that belonged to her. And I said yes at the time. I think they brought me back a shirt. If I'm not mistaken. I don't remember. Um, and that's what I... Um, told them i said i see a cabbage patch i see the names james or jamie and i see lake wales so i mean he looked at me and he says come on alexis we take psychology i mean cabbage patches are 40 years ago and this child is only 17 18 years old and um, i said well that's what i see um during about three to four days they find that um this girl had a roommate that she used to live with that was in uh, puerto rico so they brought her back from puerto rico when they bring her back, um, one of the first things that she said to um, the lieutenant was, um, I know she wasn't abducted because uh, she took Jamie. And um, I had said James or Jamie. And the officer, the uh, uh, I mean, the lieutenant asked her, who is Jamie? And she said, it's a cabbage patch. Her mother left her. Wow. What happens with Lake Wales is this. Um, he's here thinking he has to travel to England to find this girl. Um, I hear that, um, the case is going to close cause they know they found the lead and I led them. So, um, I tell this girl that was working with me, I need to find a place where I can, uh, leave my dogs or go with my dogs. And she told me she'll find me someplace cause I needed to relax. It's when I do these readings or when I'm on this case, it's extremely, um, draining and I get really tired. So I need some time to recuperate. So she goes ahead and she tells me, you know, Alexis, there's a city above Orlando called Lake Wales. And that's where they found her because one of the lieutenants heard that they had no idea there was a city here in Miami called Lake Wells. It's here in Miami? Yeah, it's in Miami. And they had found her there. I never knew they, there was a city called Lake Wales. Yeah, it's called Lake Wales. It's in Miami. Okay. And that's where she was found. And wow. um, what made this case so rare was that everything, although everything that I had said had was there. The Cabbage Patch, the name Jane, uh, Jamie, actually. Um, and Lake Wales. I said, I guess I just love what I do. You know, I, I did it for some kind of uh, clarity to myself. And also I was able to help somebody. It creates a purpose for you. Did you meet the, the family of, of, of Malika? 
uh no i didn't meet her her per se uh i i mean well meet yes but we didn't stay in contact or talked or anything like that i didn't meet her father yeah her what father. did he say to you um he didn't believe in esp agents so he didn't want a reading and that was one of the first things that uh kind of like drew a red light to this i mean because if you have a child and he's miss he or she is missing i don't care who you are if you can give me some kind of clarity on where my child is i mean i want to talk to you and he didn't want to talk to you he didn't want to talk to me wow but the case continues and i don't know if i can talk about but it just it continues. Oh, hasn't closed um the finding of her yes the why she went missing no that hasn't closed you know, and right. she's from what I heard, she's a great girl and she's doing pretty good and I'm really happy for her. She when I first met her, I, I, I only met her for seconds or minutes and um she seemed like a really good girl. That's amazing. And we don't really discuss it. Uh I think I think someone told me it was like eighty nine percent of cases are closed with people intuitive like myself that have ESP. Mm-hmm. Uh which, you know, they go on to being CIA agents and things like that because of their mentality. What do you, when you reflect and look back at everything? What's the first thing that you think of? Uh, how do you feel about everything you've gone through in this journey? Um, uh, I'm a hard worker. Um, and I know everybody's thinking, well, so am I. Um, it just took me a little longer. And uh, it was more challenging for me as a child in the streets. So when I am looking at myself now and reflecting, um, I see a whole different side of life and, and, and this world that I didn't even know existed, you know. I was that girl that would um, mark on her shoes so that she wouldn't look like it was broken. I had a, a marker and it was a Sharpie and uh, my shoes were black so they were kind of broken and I remember I would have to like color them so they can look like they weren't and sometimes it would lead to my skin so my skin looked, my skin kind of like camouflaged into the thing. So going from that to, and I know this may sound so bad, living in a high rise building, having a brand, you know, beautiful car wearing, you know, it's just, it's a world of difference for myself. And destiny brought you to where you needed to be right now. Absolutely. Here's the moment everyone has been waiting for. We've got tons of calls for Alexis Reyes. Our first message comes from Mel. And uh, let's hear what Mel had to say. Hi, this is Mel. And I have a question for Alexis. Um, what does it mean um, when you're constantly seeing the same numbers, whether it's you're looking at the clock, um, uh, your, your phone, or anything like that? Um, I'm constantly seeing the number 717 um, since my, my really good friend passed away two years ago, and um, I always wondered if that's some type of uh, message from him um, because I feel his presence is very strong around me. So... Um, the question is, Is does it mean um, anything significant when you see the same numbers? Um, those are definitely signs from angels um, wanting you to know that, you know, they're, you're being guided and they're showing you guide. The number 77, um, anything with seven is actually something to do with being guided. Number one, being somebody knowing that they're there for you, uh, good fortune. Um, it's just a positive number. Usually all numbers contain something positive. Um, so any kind of number that you see, it could be one, one, three, three, four, four. It's, they're all in a positive streak, but what it is, it is, it's an angel. It's an angel letting you know, look, I'm here. I'm giving you a sign because I mean, there's no coincidences that you're always seeing that number, you know? So it makes it easier for you to go back and just look at it and see, oh, well, seven, seven means this, or three, three means this. Uh, I mean, I wish I can say from the top of my head, but I mean, there's so many numbers that I don't know, but I am... 
probably pretty sure that it's something very positive, but it is a sign. It definitely is a sign. Hello, my name is Amy. Um, I've been trying to sell my house for several months. I've had a contract on it since August, and every month the buyer states that he needs extra time and he wants to buy it. Um, So I set the final deadline for this month, and I'm wondering if it is actually going to close or not. Um, He has given additional deposits over this time period, which led me to believe that he is serious about purchasing the property. However, I've reached the point that I can't wait any longer, so I need to know if it's actually going to happen or not. So I'm hoping you can give me an answer, and I'm hoping the answer will be that, yes, it will sell. Um, It is set to close December 18th and the properties in Miami Shores, Florida. Thank you. The final outcome of it, I do see her selling her house. I just feel that the person who's helping her at this present time isn't doing what they should. I feel it's kind of like a little bit of a block. They're not either uh, promoted it correctly or they're not telling her something truthful. So basically, she has to either look into changing who's selling it or who is she working with because I feel like this is prolonging itself. The final outcome, I do see her selling her house, though. I just don't feel like the people that she's working with are the people that she should be working with to sell it, though. Wow. And that's very important because it depends on the energy that people have. Um, I want to say A, I pick up from the letter A. So A has to be either April, August. It went bad. There's something that I'm not picking up. So there's somebody there who's not doing their final cut as the job. I don't know if it's the real estate person or the banker, the loaner. Something's not being done correctly. So the first thing that can advise her is to try to change that around, you know. And this has been a year where everything has been so on hold due to retrograde and, you know, where it's been, where it's not, you know. So it's it's kind of a, a year of not making good decisions and we have to hold on on them. I definitely see something happening within the beginning of next year, you know. Which is right around the corner. Which it is. But I think that she's going to put her final foot down by the end of this month. Especially after listening to this? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, good morning. Uh, my name is Sean. And I found out that you're about to have a medium uh, guest uh, on your podcast. And I was very curious to uh, see if I could get uh, her to answer a few questions that I had uh, so, Alexis, I am also a developing medium, and I was curious to see if you uh, have any advice on how to strengthen uh, my psychic abilities. I was also curious to hear from you, uh, what is your uh, pred- predominant sense, so how you pick up your, your information uh, predominantly, uh, and if you can give me uh, some more information uh, about that. Also, I was very curious to hear... Um, that you worked for the FBI, and I wanted—I was wondering uh, how this came about for you, and I wanted to hear some more about it. So um, I'm looking forward to hear from you, and I hope that uh, you can answer my questions. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, I think in the broadcast you did hear about how I worked for the FBI. Um, I do very—I don't do it as much as I used to before, um, but yes, I mean there are other psychics that do work, or other ESP agents, as they're called. When it comes to your gift and your abilities, uh, the word gift says it all. I mean, it's a gift. We're all doing this differently. 
this is the thing there's so many books there's so many people that do things their way but there really is no concrete of how you should have your gift or what you should do it's all about yourself and where you feel where do i find my biggest power is in my uh, biggest pain it's what i've been through in the past um people say but you're so on point and you're so good at what you're doing um but i go to that place of hurt in my heart that helps me um, get to that level that people are coming because every every person who comes to see me it's that 13 year old child that was kicked out of their house that I try to help so I go there and that's how it works for me but it's different for everybody else I've, I've, I've seen other psychics do it with their handwritings I've seen other psychics you know I've seen people do it you know drinking coffee and, and, and reading your, your you know your coffee but every one of us is different how you find your strength is how you know your accuracy you know mm-hmm. It's, it's how you know it. It's, it's what you know you can do best, you know? Um, and that's something that you can learn on your own. What I can tell you that does help is uh, being exclusively with yourself. What, I, what that means is having some lonely time to your own. Are there like circles he could, he could go to and, and practices and stuff like that? There is. Um, me personally, I don't do that and I'll tell you why. I believe this is a gift. I believe that if it's given to you, you don't need the circles. You don't need the other people. I mean, this may sound really like bad in a way, but it's just me being honest. I mean, if it's a gift, it's within you. And I always say this. Religion is a group of people that believe in one God. Spirituality comes from within. A gift comes from within. I don't think that if you want to develop your own skills and you're going to develop them with someone else, you're not developing your own skills. You're developing other people's skills with yours. So then it doesn't become yours. I think the cemetery was my best university because I was left on my own. So should he, should he go run to the cemetery? And- well, if he does, let him know. I can probably get him in there for free. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're out of time for this episode. Guess what? We got a two-parter next week. We'll be all phone calls. And we'll be answering everybody's messages that they already left. We're not taking on new calls. Um, but thank you, Alexis. And next week, don't miss part two. Alexis Reyes. And if you have any comments or suggestions on today's show, please give us a call at 1-800-706-1067. That's 1-800-706-1067. You can also like us on Facebook under Pod With Me, AJA. And if you haven't done so, oh, you must subscribe to us on iTunes. And most important, thank you for being a listener. Don't fall off the pod. Credit. <laughs>